the explosion in my heart and my soul when I got to be with the explorers. I just felt like I'd found my people. And welcome to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. Hi, I'm RV Robinson. I'm the master speaker trainer, international speaker, and author of Speak Up, Get Clients, and soon to be released, The Impact of One Voice, where it's a collaboration of 30 authors sharing their message their voice, and their stories. And with me today is a very dear friend and client, Deb Ringler. Let me introduce her to you. Deb Ringler has had a lifelong love affair with the plants and began as a child exploring the outdoors in her backyard. A visit to a retail plant nursery inspired her to seek horticulture as a career. By the age of 22, she had founded an interior plant business that she managed for the next four decades. These 40 years of service to her community provided ample opportunities to cultivate connections with people and plants. Deb's passion for teaching sprouted when her young son, Chris, asked her to visit his class and make their botany lesson come to life. Her persona as Miss Daisy was born, and she continues to share her fascination with nature, with children in in outdoor classrooms. Her favorite place to teach is under the canopies, of trees. Deb has created and instructed several horticulture classes on a college level and became a seasoned trainer in the plant industry. In addition, as a master gardener, she has presented educational presentations to the general public on various plant topics. Over the years, Deb found the method she used as a gardener to help plants thrive could be metaphors for growth in our inner gardens. Deb has a unique way of combining her vast horticulture knowledge and personal life experiences to connect her audience to the wonders of the natural world and the lessons it can teach us. And here today, she's going to talk about her chapter, If Trees Could Talk. All right. Welcome, Deb. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, it's amazing when you realize that you're sitting in a full circle moment. All How right. How long I have waited to be at this place since we began our journey in 2014. And I am just beyond honored. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for just being real, being who you are and, and going on this journey and letting me come along beside you. So, and it's not over yet. No, it is not. Because you have a whole new chapter. Yes. You got a new chapter, but let's talk about this chapter for a moment before 
the new chapter. I love the whole idea if trees could talk. I mean, because they could tell us so much stuff. And I just got chills in the top of my head. So your story starts out with you sitting under a tree, a eucalyptus tree. So tell us a little bit about that. It was a pretty landmark tree in a regional park close by in Irvine that I had begun to teach my Tinker Garden classes. And Tinker Garden is a national organization that promotes early childhood learning through play, which is how preschoolers learn. And frankly, I think we all learn a little bit better when we're having fun. And I began to teach my first classes there in 2019. And keep in mind, I have taught horticulture courses, college level and high school level. And I mean, plants are my thing. Okay. But the explosion in my heart and my soul, when I got to be with the explorers, I just felt like I'd found my people Mm. and I found my calling because I love to teach. And so my story needed to start there in where I felt like I was going to go with my chapter because Prior to my chapter, I went to that tree. I literally have a videotape of me saying goodbye. And when I did my chapter and I came back, I went back to that tree. And I still go back to that tree. So trees to me are landmarks. And biblically, they are too. In every significant event in the Bible, there is a tree. And, and, and yeah, they are. And that's why truly, if they could talk to us, they could tell us about more historical events than any other living thing, which they are the most discussed thing in the Bible besides God and people. So God, people and trees. God, people and trees. Now tell us, though, because I know every, all the listeners are wondering. So if trees could talk, Deb, what would they say to you? What would your tree, what would this eucalyptus tree now say to you? Hmm. We've shared so many memories and what, what I felt like and what I find interesting is I got married under eucalyptus trees at a park 20 minutes from there. Wow. And eucalyptus trees are from Australia and New Zealand. So to me, they're a weaving of very much a very landmark tree. Now, when I envision my life, I see myself as an oak tree. And so those are another tree that I really resonate with. Mm-hmm. But this particular tree is known as my tree in this park. Got it. And it's huge. And I have lots of pictures of it. In fact, the picture that's on the back of the book, I am leaning against that tree because I had I wanted the photographer to photograph me and my tree. So it's significant because it's a marker. Right. Trees don't move. They don't go away. And you may lose them, which I have another great story about the park. But that just became a marker of almost when I kept circling back in my life. Remember, I've downsized my life in the last two years. It became where I looped back to kind of reassess. Okay, where are we? Right. So I know about your downsizing, but our listeners don't know. So since you brought that up, if you'd like to just share a little bit about your journey and where you've come from and where you're going and then how the tree played a significant part in it. 
I mean, I don't know if we have enough time today, but you know, but maybe- that's okay. But truly, that tree became the landmark of what I consider to be when I went from being trying to be Wonder Woman to a woman of wonder. Oh, I like the that. joy I felt when I was with those children and as live as I became mm-hmm. the two most significant people in my life that saw me in that environment was my son, which as you heard in my bio is the first person that said, you need to make botany, make it come alive to my friends because we're dying here. Right. And so I kind of, you know, got this persona And then Miko, who purchased my company in two segments, who became like a daughter to me, has two twin boys that are six. And she introduced me to Tinker Garden. And we experienced our first class together under that tree. And both Christopher and Miko said, you need to do this because we see a passion in you and we see you come alive. We've seen you teach in all arenas, spring garden shows, college courses with you. And they said, this is what you were made to do. And we will do anything we can to support you. And it's two years later and I'm going to New Zealand. Okay. So we're going to talk about New Zealand, but first for those that don't know about Tinker Garden, right. And why you came alive and all of that. Why don't you just explain a little bit about what Tinker Garden is? Because people like me that don't have small children, we may never have heard of it either. So what is Tinker Garden? Tinker Garden is a national outdoor organization that was began with a husband and wife team. The -hmm. husband is very techie and program programmer oriented like my son. The wife is got oodles of degrees in curriculum, and they felt that early childhood learning is, is studies show children learn best through playing. And so they created a way that people like me or teachers or that had an interest in children could run children through seasons. We had a winter, spring, summer, fall. Each child got a badge and they ran us through a curriculum where what I got to do is I got to create experiences now. Mm -hmm. And I had the knowledge behind it, but my goal was to create experiences that that a parent and a child or a grown-up and a child not only learned about, but they have an experience together. And the joy in the community I saw come through that was as astounding to me as what I had in your mastermind. Wow. I had to give a presentation. Keep in mind as a speaker, I am now engaging an audience of an 18 month old all the way to a 70 year old and keeping them engaged for 90 minutes in an environment that you can't control. The sprinklers can go off. The gardeners can go by. The kids can get hurt. We had a coyote walk by. I mean, you know, so what I'm talking about is that piqued me as a, a speaker, but then I became an experiential teacher. Right. And that's what I just realized. I'm an experiential teacher. I'm not as scholastic, but I can pull it in. But I do better as hands on because I had ADD a lot. And I was just one of those kids that did better if I could be touching stuff. Right. And you call these little kids explorers. Explorers. And the grown ups are I'm the leader and the grown ups. Boy, what are the grown ups? Because they're not called grown ups. Helpers. But what it is, is the children really do get to lead, which means we keep them safe. We provide props. Right. 
And we kind of introduce them to a concept and we see what happens. And, and if you allow that process, there will be a sweet spot of about five to 10 minutes where every adult pulls back and the children just go, go and there's no fighting. There's no arguing. It's like they find what each one of their place is within that. And it's joyous. And the parents and I just stand back and go, wow. And I had never experienced that in being a master gardener or a college educator because it was always pretty regimented. I mean, you had, you know, you have to make your your curriculum agendas and your timing and the testing. And it is more scholastic than this. It just brought joy and wonder because remember, I lost my mom at six. So here I'm a little girl that never had anybody that got outside with me and worked with me and let me experience life my way. And I didn't experience it till I was 30. Got it. Now I'm just wanting to take my kind of crazy kooky way and help parents and kids and people just realize nature is such a great playground to learn from and your environment's changing and it's it's always engaging and you don't need a ton of props and that's what I learned in Tinker Garden keep it simple have fun and you will make memories got it memories have we done at your events because you kept it simple you had fun and we made a ton of memories ton of memories and a ton of best friends and friends and, yeah, and community and, and people are hurting for community right now. And I experienced it in a level that just was so meaningful to me that truly I decided to give up my entire life and seek doing this in whatever way I can. Okay. So speaking about that, you've downsized. Downsized, meaning I well, sold my 40-year company in, in completion to Miko, who purchased part of it in 2013 when I had uh, cancer. She bought half my business. We decided we would wait until the children she did not have at that point were in kindergarten. She would buy the next and then I would be free to travel and do the things because I've had a missionary heart forever. I love to travel internationally, but I've been a single mom and I wanted two people to be okay. My son and Mika. They're my kids and there's no way I was going to leave and venture out if I, A, didn't have their blessing, and two, I knew both of them were ready to rock their world. And they are, and they are like, go, go, go. Beautiful. So they tell us. That. Yeah, perfect. Who doesn't want that? I mean, so now tell us, okay, New Zealand, tell us where you're um, going, what's happening, what are you going to do, when are you going, all of that, how long are you going to be gone? I'm going to be gone about six months, maybe longer. But what my chapter, I want to get back to that, what my chapter and what I'm wanting people to read was when I wrote my chapter, my entire life had been downsized and I had gone through what you call a renovation pruning as a gardener, which means everything is hacked back and you're nothing but stubs. Okay. No growth. You're a, you're a truck. You're a stub. Stubs. Okay. Now, I just want you to envision a 40-year career. That's a lot. That you're doing well. You're well-respected. I had a lot of arenas. I have master gardeners that I love. I'm involved with that Tinker Garden. I'm involved in Orange Coast College. So I had a lot of arenas, but RV taught me that it's important to tell your story. And I've created my first story 
when I went through a miraculous cancer journey in 2011. And I love what God brought out of that, how to dig in and grow when life got dirty. And I will tell you that chapter that I went through and the two years that I've been through downsizing, I lived what I preached. I lived what I preached in a real live way. And this chapter describes the winter. And we are all going through a big winter. This last two years, there isn't anybody that has not experienced loss on a huge level. And when you lose a person, you lose the dreams associated with that person. You lose the plans associated with that person. And when I had cut my life back and I am a stump in the middle of a forest that I was in love with and thought I had found my Mecca, my one person that was giving me hope died. And my hope died. And I was in a winter in my soul like I'd never experienced. It was in the height of COVID. And for 12 weeks, it was me, God, and trees as I released and grieved the greatest loss. And I've had seven in my life that impacted me because I lost my hope. Hmm. But God restored it. And that's what that chapter is about. Because... Spring always comes. You may go in through winter in your soul, but it always comes. And there are things that are just consistent in this world. Winter, spring, summer, fall. And they do the same thing in our souls. Winter, spring, summer, fall. We do not always stay in winter. We do not always stay in spring. We do not always stay in summer. And we do not always stay in the fall. It, we're always moving. And that's what I began to see. Wow, there's a lot of comparison. And it was the first time in my life I experienced the deepest, darkest winter in my soul. And God showed up. And that's what the story was about. And why did I do it? Because it's a story that needs to be told because people are really hopeless right now. And they're really hurting and they're really discouraged. And everybody's so overwhelmed. No one knows really what to do. And I'm just telling you, the people that in your life, like RV's been to me, those are the people that give you hope. That your story matters, that what you have to say matters, and they give you persistence, and they water you, and they give you hope. And I've had people give me hope from every culture, every political background, all over this country. And my goal this last two years is to go say, thank you. Thank you for the hope you gave me when I was a little kid. And my world was shattered. Thank you to the coaches. Thank you to the the moms of my best friends. Thank you to my cousins. Thank you to my son. Thank you to RV. Thank you to Bethany. Thank you to all the people that believed in me when there was no growth coming. And they said, you hang in there. You hang in there. you got a story. We believe in you. We believe in you. And that is why I'm going to New Zealand because that's an absolute dream for me. I would have never ever dream that big, ever. That is a gift to me for doing my due diligence to leave my life with honor. And I will tell you something RV told me. I one time made the mistake of telling her how lucky she was to have Michael for a husband, which she is. And her response was, I'm not lucky. I prayed that man in my life for a long time. And I did the work I needed to do so that I would attract an awesome, wonderful man like that. And I've worked 10 years since RV's been my coach. And I've prayed for this. I have worked hard, diligent behind the scenes. And I've gone through some dark times 
but hope is always there because with when there's no God, there's no hope. And we still have him available. And he speaks to me through trees because I'm still, because it makes me look up. Do you ever stand and just stare at the trunk of a tree? Never. You always go, I love trees. They always make me look up. They always feel me, make me feel safe. I can feel my blood pressure just immediately dropping the minute I'm under the canopy of a tree. And I learned an RV, my coach blessed it, that that's where I need to be. When I'm teaching, I got to be under the trees. I got to feel the wind in my hair. I got to be where I'm, I feel it. And that I'm just sensei that way. And instead of fighting it, I've come to accept that that's what I need to be. And New Zealand is where my father, who was an airline pilot and traveled all over the world, said that it was his favorite place. And he always wanted to take me there. And I never got to go with him. And he brought me this little baby koala bear. And I had that thing forever. And I'll tell you, I'm pretty much given up everything my dad would have given me to go on this trip because I couldn't think of anything that would rock my world and be a better adventure for me. So that chapter was to let people know if you're in a winter in your soul, that it doesn't last forever and lean in. Don't run. When I do my dig in and grow, the main thing is don't run from the pain. Don't hide the pain. Don't waste the pain. And every person in this book, the impact of one voice has gone through pain and they're using their voice to give you hope not to give up. Everybody has a story and I'm blessed that I finally get to tell mine and I couldn't be more grateful than these. So why'd you do the book? Because the lady right there because she gave me a voice the first time. And this time I knew I needed to write it because my friend that died was going to be my editor. And when she died, that hope of ever writing was gone. But RV said, no, it's in you. And I knew that if I was part of anything RV was a part of, that I would rise, that I would do it, that I would learn and I would grow. And the money that I invested in that project was minuscule compared to the amount of therapy I would have had for what I had to go through to birth that chapter. And I'm proud of myself, had no intention of anything other than holding myself accountable to tell a story I believe right now is critical. And I plan to sow seeds of hope from this day forward on that just don't give up. Just don't give up. The best is yet to come. Beautiful, Deb. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. I mean, there's nothing I can say after that, but thank you for being brave, for being courageous, for being nakedly authentic and sharing your story, not only in the chapter in the book, but here with us today and just being who you are and being you know, a believer and giving God credit and just, just going through that journey so that we don't have to. I mean, in some cases, especially when you do missionary work in New Zealand. Um, but thank you for you and for being you and for being courageous and for giving us all hope. Yes. That if you can go through it, we can go through it. And yes. yet you also gave us a tip. And that is, you know, go under a tree. Try it. 
you know, just it's not going to hurt you. Really. It's really good for you. Yeah. Go to your park, go outside, go find your favorite tree and just be there and just be and see what happens. And what we're going to birth out of this, because I do have different ways, you know, I, I want my journey to New Zealand to be all the people that know me to feel like they can connect with me on that level. So I'm creating in a sense, four different branches that you can follow how I'm going to see New Zealand, which I think is kind of fun. So I'm going to have my auntie Deb because I have the twins that want to know like, right. Gosh, what are you doing over there? You know, and they want to know what are the kids doing and what are the kids reading and what's school like over there. Okay. Then I've got my master gardeners where, okay, you got to find this tree, you got to find this person. And so I'll be engaging with that. Then I've got my nature lovers who I'm going to say, this is why being in nature there are so many physical benefits that I'm going to begin to show my prayer walking and different things that I do. And then my soul gardener is where I'm going to very transparently share with you, man, this is, I mean, I ran a business for 40 years and I have lived in Orange County most of my life. I am going across the world to live in dorm-like living <laughs> in a college setting. And then I'm going to build, we're going to build a team for th three months and then we as a team decide where do we go to minister to people? Wow. We have no idea where we're going. And I have no idea who's my roommate's going to be. I mean, I don't know anything. None of us know anything other than we are all giving up six months of our life to go do You're, that. Yeah. But those are going to be my people, right? They'll Not be your friends. people and you'll have six months worth of memories and and experiences that you just couldn't buy on a vacation or anywhere else. And we're all anxious to hear all about it, Deb. So, yeah, so if just someone, know that that has been a hope fulfilled for me. Right. What ended up being my donator site's name already is hopefulfilled.org. And they bless people that are trying to do what I do. I don't, I'm not going to go there. It's not a vacation for me. I'm learning how to build yeah. communities on an international level. I've done it here nationally on a very effective way. I believe now I'm being trained to do it on an international level because I've been an international host mom for the last 20 years. And all my students say, please come. We, right. miss you. we want you. So that's all I'm doing. So if someone wants to follow your journey and or donate to your cause, to this mission, because it takes a lot a of lot. Your, your own money to get over to New Zealand, right? $10,000 besides travel. Right. You had to pay for this mission. It's not like somebody paid for it for her. So I know you have to raise quite a bit of money and you're going in a very short time. So tell everybody, how can they donate? How can they support you? And how can they follow you and find out what you're doing? Well, hopefulfilled.org is an organization that uh, I know the family that runs it. In fact, the young, not young girl, grown woman named Amy, I used to babysit oh, I reached out to her because she knows what I do. She has gone and done a DTS, a discipleship training school, just like I am in Australia. So I reached out to her. We've done some church projects, lots of gardening projects. She could be my daughter. And I said, what should I do? Should I do GoFundMe? What's the best way? And she goes, no, my dad and I, we, 
we've, we've set up a 501c so that if you become one of our partners, then the people that are helping you will get a full tax write-off and I'll manage your money for you. Well, yes, that, that was a no-brainer. So she is assisting me as we go through this. So if you go to Hope fulfilled.org and you will see me as a partner. They are actually going to make me as their lead story here in the next day or two. So when you go on them, I will be their story. Okay. And so that made all donations went a hundred percent to me and all of my people get a tax write-off and her father who oversaw everything is my accountant. So that was just a win. Beautiful. Again, it's go there first. And Stop showing up. Deborah will be ready in the next week or so. And that is where you're going to find all my different areas on my tree that you can follow my blog, whether I'm going to be a plant geek, whether I'm going to be reading stories under eucalyptus to preschoolers, or whether I'm going to be doing my soul gardener because I do all of them all the time. And I didn't want someone to have to go through everything just to get to what they liked. Got it. Okay. And I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. So debringler.com and you can go and, and find, you know, all kinds of different great stuff. All right, Deb, our time is up for today, but this has been just so, you know, soul filled. I just feel full and hopeful. And and again, thank you so much for coming and just being who you are and being authentic and, and real and, and all of that. So just appreciate you. Good luck with your, I guess we could say good luck, best of luck, best of love, best of soul, best of everything on your journey. I know I will uh, be following you and seeing what it is you are up to. And I'm sure uh, our listeners will as well. So thank you once again, Deb, for being with me and sharing you and your chapter. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, my dear friend. For everything. You're welcome. All right, everyone. That is our show for today. Tune back for our next show next week, and we'll see you then. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. Please hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review and feel free to share our channel with your friends and family. Also, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. We would love to hear from you. And remember, you are one step closer to becoming a million dollar speaker.